Well, we've been at it all week. It is about that time. Tennessee and Texas A&M, the official preview, a chat with Boogie Bentley. It's a feel-good Friday. Locked on Vols. You are Locked on Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. As always, shout out every day for making Locked On Balls your first listen, for watching and subscribing if you haven't already on the YouTube channel. That helps the show grow and helps me, well, to be completely honest, it helps me make some money. So I appreciate that. And of course, wherever you listen to your podcast, that also uh, goes to help me and the show grow as well. It's going to be a fun Friday. This episode is brought to you in part by uh, LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified people for your team faster and for free. You can post your jobs at you can post your job at LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. So we'll get into our chat with Boogie Bentley in segments two and three. And that's how we're going to end our week's worth of shows. But first, your official preview for Tennessee and Texas A&M. So I want to start off by giving a brief little history. Tennessee and A&M, they've only played four times. Just four times throughout the history. And Texas A&M has been in the SEC for 10 plus years, right? Since 2012. Is that right? And Tennessee's only played four times. And they've only played twice in that span. And one of those years was the COVID year. So that's one of my favorite favorite things about the divisions going away. You are going to play every team around the SEC every other year, and you're going to travel. You will get to every venue in the Southeastern Conference at least once in every four years. I am super thrilled about that. But you look at A&M, <clears throat> excuse me, the first matchup was in the 1957 Gator Bowl where Tennessee won three to nothing. Tennessee won the New Year's Day Cotton Bowl back in 2005. Remember the Rick Clawson game? I remember that game. A 38-7 Tennessee wins over Texas A&M, but A&M has won the past two showings. 2016, of course, we remember that uh, double overtime game. All those turnovers for the University of Tennessee in the 45-38 defeat in College Station. And then, of course, in the 2020 season, 34-13 A&M won in Knoxville. So this is just going to be the fifth time ever these programs have met, and Tennessee is looking to snap a two-game losing streak to the Aggies. Now, again... Texas A&M has not won a true road game since 2001 at Missouri. Tennessee, meanwhile, has won 12 straight games at Neyland Stadium. The trends are there, and it bodes well for the University of Tennessee. A&M's improved this year, no doubt about it. 4-2 on the season, 2-1 in SEC play, lost to Miami in Week 2, and then, of course, lost to Alabama last week, 26-21, to I believe, or 26-20, to uh, whatever that was. Let's see here. I've got to pull it up. It was 20... 26 to 20. I was right the second time. Um, and so it's 4 and 2 on the year, one, uh, 2 and 1 in SEC play. And for both of these programs, kind of a fork in the road. You know, Tennessee's going on the road the next two weeks in Tuscaloosa, you know, to, to, to Lexington. Um, Tennessee needs to get this one at home. If you're AM, you're going to fall back to 500 play if you lose and then fall to 4 and 3 on the season. And all the good vibes and all the improved play of AM, it's going to be an afterthought because this team has improved. This team has improved tremendously. 
You look at the Bobby Petrino effect for this offense that lost its starting quarterback a couple weeks ago, and this offense is scoring 35 points per game, 420 yards of total offense, throwing for 275 yards a game, and running for 144. The 35 points per game is good. The other numbers are solid. They're not great, but they're solid, but still most, 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 most improved since last year. Look, defensively, and this team is so good compared to where it was last year. Giving up 19.8 points per game. That's about fourth in the SEC right now. Number one in the SEC in total defense at 268 yards allowed per game on average. Number one in rush defense at allowing 84 yards on the ground per game and 184 through the air. Now, where this is truly improved is where it was last year, where it was last in the SEC average giving up 208 yards on the ground to opposing running backs. Fast forward a couple months into, into the new year, into the new season, 2023, Tennessee, excuse me, A&M so far through six games, it's at 84 yards. So it's going to be tough sledding. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Tough sledding for the University of Tennessee. Um, but we'll see exactly what that can look like. We've talked about it all week long. We'll continue to talk about it with Boogie Bentley in segments two and three. Uh, but uh, it's going to be tough sledding for Tennessee trying to run the football. But I like Tennessee's chances to run the football with this group, with Cooper Mays back, and of course, playing at home. So what about Max Johnson? Max Johnson in for Connor Wagman, of course, through five games, parts of five games, 675 yards through the air, 60%, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. The run game's not been his best friend. Le uh, Le'Veon Moss has been the leader there, 325 yards and three touchdowns on 62 attempts. Um, Amari Daniels will get a, a lot of running action, 53 attempts, two touchdowns, 287 yards. Again, nothing to ride home about, nothing to brag about in the backfield. A wide receiver, Evan Stewart's a pretty good player, but he's been a bit banged up. We heard yesterday on, on, on the Locked On Crossover Edition, 27 receptions, four touchdowns. Anaya Smith's a good player, 431 yards. You got Moose Muhammad the third uh, touchdown off 12 receptions. Noah Thomas, 11 receptions, four touchdowns. He's at six foot six, 200 pounds, so somebody to look out for in the red zone. Uh, his brother, that being Max Johnson's brother, is tied in Jake Johnson. He has two touchdowns, 17 receptions, 156 yards. Could act as a security blanket for older brother Max. And then you have this offensive line. It gave up five and a half sacks to Alabama last week. So it's a bit skewed a little bit, but 12 sacks on the season, and it blocks for a, a group that averages 4.4 yards per carry. There will be opportunities to get back there to Max Johnson to make things difficult. I truly believe that. I like Tennessee's defense. I like Tennessee's front seven. I like Tennessee's rush defense. I like Tennessee uh, pass, you know, pass rush to get after the quarterback. And you're going to have to do that to try to make some things difficult for Max Johnson. Now, let's move on and look at the defense, shall we? Really, really stout. Middle layer to the front layer. Uh, linebackers, Edron Cooper leads the team in tackles with 41. Sacks with six. TFLs with 12. He has a forced fumble. He has a, a, a fumble recovery. He is a good player. His counterpart in the 4-2-5 scheme in the middle is Tyrion York. 32 tackles, a sack, two TFLs. Those two linebackers, really good players. Um, on the edge up front, Fadil Diggs has a couple sacks on the season. You've got Walter Nolan, who every Tennessee fans remember that's name. He played his high school senior season over there at Powell, uh, over there at Powell High School where he won a state championship. Uh, Walter Nolan has four sacks on the season. Shamar Turner has three and a half sacks on the season. Uh, McKinley Jackson has two sacks on the season. Um, you got some good players up front. Again, really good against the rush, but really good about getting after the quarterback. 26 sacks already this year, where they had 19 sacks all of last year. Keep in mind, 
A&M has only played in six games so far. But there was opportunity in the back end. Been talking about it all week long. Last week against uh, against Alabama, you had Jalen Milrow that threw for over 320 yards on Texas A&M. Now, Alabama couldn't run it on A&M. A&M couldn't run it on Alabama. Um, it's going to be tough sledding for Tennessee to run. I'm not saying Tennessee won't be able to run, but it's going to be tough. Those yards are going to be few and far between. Overall, the grand scheme of things compared to how you've been running it, I should say. Now you you could you know you could pound out 130, 140, 150 yards and feel like you've not had much success on the day, but just getting three yards of carry, three yards of carry. There might not be some of those big, you know, 40 or 50 yard gainers. We'll see. We'll see. It's why you play the game. But this rush defense is good. My point is Jalen Milrow threw for 320 yards through the air on the secondary from AM. There's going to be opportunities there. We've been talking about it all week long. We'll talk about it with Boogie. There's going to be chances to hit some down the field passing. Are you good enough to hit some down the field passing? We will find out, Joe Milton. We will find out. That is a look at Texas A&M, the personnel, the players, the scheme. It's going to be a good football game. I absolutely cannot wait, and I know you can't either. All that is going to happen tomorrow. Checker Nealon, 3.30 on CBS. Hey, when we come back, we'll take a we'll, we'll catch up with our friend Boogie Bentley over at the Talking Vols Network for his weekly hit. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. I do want to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you need to do, post your job with the purple hashtag uh, frame to let everybody know that you're hiring. And you can interview people by finding simple tools like screening questions that helps you focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free. That's at linkedin.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Big time football game this weekend, Tennessee, Texas AM. And to help kind of preview that, uh, Boogie Bentley jumping on for his weekly two segments here on Locked On Balls. Boogie uh, is the creator, the host, uh, the brains behind the operation of the Talking Balls Network, uh, the voice of the common Tennessee fan. Boogie, what's up, man? Man, I'm ready for some football. It's Friday, it's almost go time. We got one more sleep. Then we're going to check her kneeling. It's going to be a hostile environment. That's something a lot of people, I don't know, some people are talking about it. I think I look at the national media. I don't think they're respecting how hostile it is going to be on Saturday for Texas A&M. I mean, just a couple weeks ago with South Carolina, I mean, it was loud. And, and Tennessee's fans uh, affected a couple of third-down false starts, just like Tennessee was at Florida. I mean, it was everything you wanted it to be in a home crowd. And, and it better be the same way because, um, you know, Tennessee <laughs> – Again, I said this with Josh on Wednesday, man. We talked about it, you know, going in the South Carolina game. It's funny because uh, uh, an early season loss means it's a must win every single week the rest of the way. But I mean, truly, again, you look at the schedule, you look at October, Tennessee's got to have this one. Yeah, I, I said in a video earlier this week, I said, if you don't win this game, eight and four is going to be a tall task. Eight and four could be tough to obtain. And somebody's going, why are you talking about eight and four? Georgia? Alabama, like, are you not looking at the schedule? It, it is must win. It's must win 
on both sides of the ball, right? You look at Jimbo Fisher, uh, he always does less with more. I always laugh at Jimbo Fisher. 43-23 and 23 at Texas A&M. All the money they're paying him, all the money they're spending on NIL, all the big-time recruits, they're coming off of a 5-7 and seven season. You lose to Tennessee on Saturday, you're 4-3. and three. You still got to play South Carolina. You still got to go on the road and play Ole Miss. You've got to play Mississippi State. You're going to wrap things up on the road at LSU. Jimbo Fisher is on the hot seat. It's a big one for them, too. Jimbo's on the – I mean, we can say Jimbo's on the hot seat again, but, you know, if you fire him this year, $76 million. You fire yeah. him after 2024, $67 million. And people are like, well, you know, maybe they'll wait another year to fire him. I mean, we're, we're talking $60, $70 million here. Like, if you want to part ways with them, and I don't think they're there right now, um, I, the loss to Miami is going to look worse as the season goes on, I feel like. I mean, you know, Alabama, I mean, the way Jalen Milrow played the other day, and we'll get to that in a moment. I mean, losing Alabama is not – anything to hang your hat on but you're right he does less with more I completely agree but it's like that buyout he's still going to be in college station for years to come in my opinion no matter what yeah it's easy to fire him and and, and write that check for the buyout when it's not your money right <laughs> that's real easy to write that check yeah. when I don't have to be the one with the funds in the bank to pay it but their fan base is not happy and they're not going to be happy especially if you end up with a loss on Saturday Speaking of Texas A&M, though, it's a much, much, much improved football team. This is not the same football team that was, what, 7-5 and five last year? Is that right? 7-5? 5-7? 5-7. 5-7. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was, I mean, you know, but of all jokes, uh, offensively, it's improved so much. Defensively, it's leading the SEC and yards allowed per game at like 284 or something like that. Uh, 84 yards on average per ground, you know, the ground attack. It's, it's really good. Uh, it, it's suspect if you will in the back end and so there's going to be some opportunity there for joe milton but it's going to be a tall task to to run that football against that front from a&m and a&m is going to get after the quarterback you know i man i i can say his name because he's an on three guy he's a family guy for you jd pakel talking about this football game earlier this week and he's the same narrative right everybody's talking about this defensive line for texas a&m they're talking about the front we share the same notes so you know Oh, do you guys? You guys in a group text back and forth use this yeah. this week. That's everybody's pushing a narrative. Right? It's our it's our talking points for the week. Not go yeah. ahead, go ahead. It actually is because we all do talk about the same thing. So we might as well just form one. Let me in on that group chat so that I know what to talk about because <laughs> it it would make my job a whole lot easier. But everybody's talking about this Texas A and M defensive line. Guess what? They're going against the number one rushing attack in the SEC. Schedules, I don't care. Don't I don't I'm not talking about schedules, I'm talking about numbers. I think Tennessee's pretty dang good running the football. So the narrative I'm spinning, the voice of the voiceless, the voice of the common man, is can Texas A and M stop Tennessee's rushing attack? That's the question for me, because I think Tennessee's gonna be able to run the football, but it's a very similar matchup both sides of the ball, right? Tennessee's front seven, pretty dang good. Can Texas A and M move the football? Their numbers are so when you look at stats and I know stats aren't everything, they're very similar football teams on both sides of the ball. It's an interesting matchup. Just like your political agenda, and I'm not getting political here, stay (laughs) out of my comments, you crazy YouTubers. You can find stats and research to back whatever the hell you want to say. Okay, It's just point blank. And a lot of that's the same with sports. I've been doing radio hits all week long, man, and uh, or all, all week long, and you know, a lot of times people are saying, man, you look at the Tennessee offensive line really good this year, leading the SEC in rushing, only five sacks given up. And I'm like, I'm tr- I'm not trying to say that this offensive line has been horrible because it has been horrible. But, Boogie, that's a misleading stat as well. Tennessee's offensive line, very much a work in progress, still not where it needs to be. But I do think Tennessee needs to run with that same five out there, and that's the best five. Hopefully that's what we see. Uh, we'll see about the injury situation for Andre Keurig and J.J. Crawford. But, you need a whole lot of Mays, obviously, Mincy, and then Lane, in my opinion, at left guard. 
yeah, that's a lot of people are talking about, oh, the Florida game, the Florida game, the Florida game. And rightfully so. Tennessee lost that game. We can make all the excuses in the world. Doesn't matter. That's a loss. You got to live with it. But what we can talk about is what does this offensive line really look like, right? You're going to have Cooper Mays back. You're going to have Gerald Mincy back. I think J.J. Crawford is healthy, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're a different football team with that five out there. And, and you know, we, we talk about the preseason and how we were worried about the offensive line. And the big question mark was depth, right? It's a physical, violent game. And we saw that. We saw that Cooper Mays having to miss so many games. And this is a different football team with Cooper Mays out there at center. I think Tennessee is going to have success. That's why I think Tennessee ultimately wins this game. But I think it is going to be a close football game. It's a good matchup, man. I don't, I don't think people are as excited about this matchup i know i know the, the carolina game was all about revenge and that makes it a more this is a way more interesting matchup for me on saturday who has to have the better game for their respective team to win max johnson joe milton oh my gosh that is like an impossible question because it's a similar it's a similar thing can, can texas a&m run the football Against Tennessee, I don't know that they can. They're averaging 145 yards a game on the ground. Tennessee at 231. I think they're going to have a more difficult time running the football than Tennessee. So I'm going to say that Max Johnson has to have the better game. He has to have the better game. And, again, you can talk about numbers and how many times he's been sacked. He's been sacked eight times compared to Joe Milton. And, again, it's all numbers and form formulating an agenda to make my Tennessee volunteers look better than Texas A&M. Uh, but I, I think I think Max Johnson's going to have to – if he's going to – if Joe Milton has to carry this team, we're in trouble. Put it that way. But uh, I just answered both ways. Again, that's what I do. <laughs> Somebody said it in your comment section last week. Boogie always talks out of both sides of his mouth. I do. I like to pose questions back to you guys and get your opinions. Max Johnson, final answer. I, um, you know, we're talking about stats, you know, backing narratives and all that. Earlier in the week, I don't know if you heard it. Um, it might have been Tuesday or Wednesday show. I went to Pro Football Focus, and I looked at uh, passes 20 yards down the field, and we know that Joe Milton's not been great in that regard. Um, and, of course, Max Johnson has only taken half of the attempts down the field than Joe Milton because, again, he w didn't start the year. But Max Johnson's you know, completing 50 or 60% of his passes really, 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 really well deep shots down the field. I think like 8 of 14, whatever it was. And Joe Milton was 8 of 30. So, again, that's one, that's something I'm watching. You know, th this this rush defense for A&M, where does Tennessee's rush – rushing attack you know match up there how much success does it find because if it gets shut down you know they're, they're going to take their shots anyway but like if it gets shut down and you have to connect on a couple of those i'm intrigued to see if joe milton that there's some stuff there for the taking Jalen milrow man he passed for over 300 yards looked like an all-american they were man on man you know down the field for alabama last week we'll see if joe milton can connect on some of those as well yeah and i know we're going to talk about the texas a&m alabama game but if i told you that, that there was going to be two turnovers. And I told you that Alabama was going to have 14 penalties. There's no way. There's no way you're taking Alabama to win that game. If I told you that Jalen Milrow had to throw for 303 touchdowns to win, what would you say? You'd laugh. There's yeah, no way. Like playing from behind. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. It's just wild, man. I, I'm intrigued to see how Joe Milton can, can kind of attack the secondary. So we'll talk more on that uh, in a moment. we got another segment here with Boogie as we close out this uh, Friday uh, worth of show this week's worth of show getting you ready for Tennessee and Texas A&M that is coming up 
uh, right here on Locked On Balls. I do want to give a shout out and let you know about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, you can snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel. It is America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to jump in and get a part of that action. Uh, spreads, you've got totals, overs, unders. And, and what I encourage you to do if you're new to the ball game here is do player props. Uh, super fun, enjoyable. You can break it down into first quarter, halves, uh, individual player props, uh, you know, totals over, under, more or less, all that and more. And you can do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on is that promo code to kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back here to a Friday edition of Locked On Balls. I'm Eric Kane. We're doing a little Locked On Talking Balls with Boogie Bentley here today. A big-time matchup, Texas A&M coming to Neyland Stadium. And um, Are you big into the trends, Boogie? Trends? What kind of trends? As in, help me if I'm, I should know this, be better at my job. Is it 12 straight wins at, at home for Tennessee? Yes, 12 okay, straight so home winning, uh, 12 game home winning streak for Tennessee. Texas A&M has not won on the road since 2021. Your boy Grant over at VolQuest. You know how many people were at that game? The last road win for Texas A&M was against Missouri in 2021, and there was 48,000 people there. That's not what they're walking into tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, I haven't won a true road game since 01, or since, excuse me, since 21 at Missouri. Tennessee's been playing so well at home. So, how much... You know, how much should you take from that? Again, uh, you, you know, trends are there for a reason. There are mansions in the desert, okay? They're, they're there for a reason. However, you know, Saturday has nothing to do with what happened in the past. But uh, Tennessee plays well at home. A&M does not play well on the road. And so that should be giving give you a little bit more faith in the Big Orange, I, I would suspect. It goes back to just kind of compare it to the Texas A&M and Alabama game. Such a weird thing for it to be at Texas A&M. They had so many pre-snap penalties Alabama's playing behind the sticks. 14 penalties? 14 penalties? Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I do I do think these trends are valid. I think Tennessee is a good home football team. On the flip side of that, we can talk about how bad they are on the road right now, and they've got yep. to figure that out. But I think, too, a big part of it, right, you look at that winning streak, and it goes back to last year, 2022. What a heck of a ride. Week after week after week, the stakes got higher. When you win, people care. There is no worse place to be than sitting down in front of a microphone talking Tennessee football when they lose. It's awful. Nobody wants to be a part of that. On the flip side, when they're winning, this fan base is passionate. There's a reason that ticket prices are going up. It is hostile. It is electric. It is tough to come into Neyland Stadium right now and win a football game because of the fan base. And and I think it's going to be hostile on Saturday afternoon. It's I don't know. Can you match South Carolina? Can you match that? Can you match Alabama last year? This game's important. I, th I do believe in these trends. If you're in the locker room, you're sitting in there with the old chalkboard, you know, giving the pregame speech, what are your keys to victory for Tennessee? Run the football. Be physical. Be violent. We, we say all the time, oh, it's a line of scrimmage league. That's so cliche, but it's so freaking true. And we are seeing, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, just how much of an impact you can make when you can win the line of scrimmage game. We're seeing it, you know, every single week. James Pierce, Tyler Barron taking over football games. But I think the key is the running game. <laughs> Again, let's keep comparing it to the Alabama game because it's so interesting. Alabama ran the football for 23 yards. 23 yards. So does it really matter? Does it? Uh, that's my key to the game. And I think Tennessee will have success running the football. Can they run for 
175, 200. Can they just do enough so that Joe Milton, you know, you made the comparison earlier, which quarterback would you take, Max Johnson, Joe Milton, do enough running the football so that you don't have to rely on Joe. But the funny thing about Joe is he could go out tomorrow afternoon and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. But you know what we'd be talking about going into Alabama? Which Joe do we get? <laughs> exactly. You know, someone was talking about, I was I was doing a, a space, a Twitter space earlier in the week, and um, it, it's just kind of like one of those things that I said, you know, Joe Milton is not going to be a Heisman, okay? But he could have a Heisman game at any point in time, and it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever uh, because I mean, I've called him the last couple of weeks the best-looking game manager in the country, and that's fair, but he can be a game-breaker. He can be a Heisman-like guy for a day, and, and I truly – I'm, I'm not calling for that on Saturday, but – I do think this. I'm not saying that Tennessee won't run the football on this defense, but I think the quarterback who plays better, Max Johnson or Joe Milton, is going to be the reason. The quarterback is going to be the reason whichever team wins this football game. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens. Obviously, for Tennessee, got to protect. I think this will be a massive game in terms of running backs, pass pro, pass protection. Um you know, I heard somebody earlier in the week say that you know Jabari Small has been you know a, a pretty decent pass protector throughout his career. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't know what game you're watching. I'm like like Dylan Sampson, of course. You remember last year, Jalen Wright. They've all gotten better. Don't get me wrong, but Saturday is going to be key because those guys are going to be coming after Milton. So who do you trust more in pass protection? You do you th- do you think that's what keeps Dylan Sampson off the field? A little like, bit, that's the, yeah. The little hottest bit. topic I, that that comes up all the time is play play Dylan Sampson. Give him more. Give him more. Give him more. I really think it's pass protection. I think that's a huge part of it. And I think he's gotten better. I do. I, I think Jabari Small would be who I trust more. But I guess my point a minute ago was like, I wouldn't say that like any of these Tennessee running backs excel in pass pro. And I would never say that um, in years past either. But I, I think I would probably trust Jabari Small more than any of them. And, and yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason why Dylan Sampson, I think one of the big reasons why Dylan Sampson did not play at all, it wasn't part of the game plan in Florida, was because Tennessee, you know, needed to protect Milton, and you know that they they don't trust Samson as much as the other guys. So, um, you know, we'll see. What am I, what am I, I have to say? Because I'll forget. One of my favorite things you've called Dylan Sampson is the vulture. Did you come up with that? I love it because it's hilarious, and that's it's like fantasy sports numbers. And look, he's dynamic. He's electric. I love the kid. But six touchdowns—that's fantasy guy. So I I called Jabari Small in years past the vulture because they they ride Tyon Evans, they ride Jalen Ryder, whoever, and then they get tired. And then Small, I mean Small played a lot. Don't get me wrong, but you know Small would it just felt like Small would always come in <laughs> at the ten yard line and score the touchdown and capitalize on the ten play drive or whatever. And Small last year I think had like twelve or thirteen rushing touchdowns. So I called Small in years past the vulture. This year, it's 100% Samson because he'll start to get a series every now and again. But, I mean, it's clear if you're watching that game, for the most part, it's Wright's going to get the first two series. Small's going to get a series. But during those series, it's Samson's going in to spell both of those guys. And so, because he's going in to spell, he's vulturing some touchdowns. So, I think it's pretty neat. Hey, he's a heck of a player. I think, you know, we we talked about this in the VolQuest podcast yesterday. It's tough because Jabari Small is not having a bad year. He's having a good year. Jalen Wright is your RB1. You are not taking carries away from Jalen Wright. It's it's interesting. It's tough. It's a headache for Jerry Mag trying to figure out how to continue to get Dylan, Dylan Sampson involved. But you've got to because, well, he's good and you're making the, the big bucks and I'm talking behind a microphone. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great problem to have, right? I would much rather Jerry Mack lose sleep at not saying, which one of these studs am I going to play? You yeah. know, Jalen Wright, seven yards a carry. Small, six yards a carry. Sampson, almost seven yards a carry. And I don't care about competition. You're, you're five games into the season. You're averaging seven yards a carry. Uh, you're playing some pretty dang good football. All three of those guys. All three of those guys. It's Friday. Give me your score prediction. What do you think? Tennessee, Texas A&M. What's going to happen at Neyland State? Checkered Neyland Stadium tomorrow at 3.30 on CBS. Well, I guess more like 6.30. What, what's that final score going to be? I, I like Tennessee to run the football. I do, and I've, I've seen the numbers. I've read the numbers. I've been told how great Texas a I'm sick and tired of hearing about Texas A&M and how good their defense is and how good they're, they're, they've got they've got playmakers on offense. They've got guys at wide receiver that are going to go out and make plays. I'm tired of hearing about it, man. I, I want to talk about Tennessee. I want to talk about this Tennessee football team, not Evan Stewart, not Moose Muhammad, not Anaya Smith. I want to talk about Squirrel White and Joe Milton and Jalen Wright. I think Tennessee is going to have a lot of success on the ground. They're going to run the, the football. They're going to be physical. And the, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're going to get after Max Johnson. And I think they I think one thing he does that is not a stat that doesn't show up on papers, I think he holds on to the football too long. Make him pay for that. Make him pay for holding on to the football. Get home. James Pierce, a couple of sacks. Tyler Barron, a couple of sacks. Let's let the storyline coming out of this game be about how more, how much more physical physical Tennessee was than Texas A&M on both sides of the ball. I got Tennessee 34, Texas A&M 27. We're going to be nervous in the fourth quarter. Everybody on social media is going to be complaining and griping and, and wanting somebody fired. But at the end of the day, we get a W, and then we start getting ready for Alabama, which is a tall, tall task. If Tennessee loses, I think you should get fired. I probably should. Don't worry. They're already calling for my head right now as we speak. On the board, the, there were people getting mad at me because Tennessee lost to Florida. Like, I don't, I don't know how that was my fault, but yeah. Anyway, It was my fault um, they slept walk through Austin P because I called it a glorified scrimmage and that got back to the team. But I've got a narrative where I'm trying to create divide in the locker room and, and cause an issue with the players and the coaches. That's what I was told. If I had that kind of power, probably be making a whole lot more money than I do. <laughs> well, you're not alone because I 100% called it a glorified scrimmage. And even after that game, people were like, oh, yeah, glorified scrimmage. And it I'm was. like, yeah, that's still what it was. And Tennessee sucked. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. it's, just, it's the same. It was. That's what I said. It's a glor It was a glorified scrimmage. They forgot to show up. Yeah. Well, what's not going to be a glorified scrimmage, what's going to be a damn good football game, hopefully, is going to be Tennessee, Texas A&M tomorrow. Uh, you guys will be uh, wrapping everything up, I would assume, right after the game's over, your, your post-game show over there at uh, Talking Balls, right? Yeah, we're back to work. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot and say Mr. No Day's off when I take the weekend off. But <laughs> as of right now, this goes up at midnight on Friday. You're going to be hanging out with us on the Talking Balls Network live at 9.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do our regular Friday morning show. Saturday will be live an hour before kickoff and then also post-game show immediately following the game. Come check it out. Come hang out. You want somebody to uh, complain about the game with? Come do it with us. You want somebody to celebrate with? Do it with us. We are uh, just a bunch of diehard Tennessee fans over there on the Talking Balls Network. Boogie Bentley, Talking Balls Network. Follow him on Twitter at Boogie Bentley as well. Boogie, appreciate it, man, as always. Always a good time, my man. Great stuff there, as always, from Boogie Bentley. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Boogie of Talking Balls every single week right here. We do it a little locked on Talking Balls. Hey, we talked about it all week long. There's nothing left to say. It is go time. It is game time at Neyland Stadium, 3.30 Eastern time. Checker Neyland. 
the CBS game of the week. It's coming your way tomorrow, and we will have immediate post-game reaction late, late, late into the night right here on Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vols your go-to spot for Tennessee football information. 30 minutes or less, or maybe a couple minutes more, every single weekday morning, it's Locked On Vols wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube. Guys, we appreciate it. Have fun this weekend, and we will talk again, win or lose, after the football game Saturday night, right here on Lockdown Balls.